Happy tax season, friends. This is the Shaver's World episode that you have been asking for. This is the one all about LLCs, S-Corps, financial benefits, legal benefits, paying your taxes, paying yourself, and all that other stuff that nobody taught you when we were learning about the Oregon Trail in school. So buckle up, grab a cup of coffee, maybe you're going for a walk. This conversation is meant to be educational, empowering, to bring ease to your life. It is a judgment-free space for you to get those burning questions answered so that you can focus instead on going out there and crushing it as a game-changing, community-building, badass business boss babe that you are. And you cannot really worry anymore about, D, what is an LLC? Why am I being taxed as this? What is happening with my DBA? I don't understand any of this. We're answering the questions, we're bringing the clarity, and then we are moving on to keeping awesome, keep building this community, and keep going out there and crushing it. So friends, let's dive in. Happy tax season, friends. Oh yeah, who's excited? Listen, we got to make it sexy, right? Because nobody growing up taught us about business taxes or filing our taxes. And since we are smack dab in the middle of business tax season and personal income tax season, this episode of the Sheverse World is going to be the conversation that makes it fun, that makes us accessible, and most of all, friends, takes the pressure off of the topic that seems to be gatekept and stressed out and all of the other things. I don't know. Do you feel those? I definitely feel those too. Or I used to feel those until I was able to really provide myself with a good baseline knowledge of everything that we're going to talk about today. And now I feel empowered. And so the word of this episode is empowering. The word of this episode is access. And the word of this episode is ease. So maybe I should have said the words of this episode. Anyways, friends, when I thought about recording this episode, I thought, my business and personal taxes are done in March. Huge exhale. I got my business taxes done in January. Huge exhale. But I know that this is a time of the year that is very, very stressful for business owners. And one of the reasons it is so stressful is because nobody, when we were in school learning geometry and organ trail and you know medieval history, thought that we should learn about things that are actually applicable and necessary in our adult lives, like doing taxes or entrepreneurship or running a business or business write-offs or you know when and how to do things as a business owner that a lot of us became. And so this information has always felt so scary to people because it was never taught. It's not easy to learn. And a lot of it is gatekept by people that know it and they're able to charge a lot of money because they know it because they know people don't know what's going on. I call bullshit. I call bullshit on all of that. And so as we're going into this episode empowered, knowing that we're going to have access so that we can feel ease towards all of these, I want everyone to take a big breath right now. Relax your shoulders. Let that shit go. Toss any fear and anxiety you have in the fuck bucket because today you are learning what you want to know about LLCs, S-Corps, sole proprietors, paying yourself as a business owner, filing those taxes, and kind of a lot of things in between. Now, when I posed this question to social media, I really thought I was going to get questions all over the place about what can I write off or what can I deduct or how much money or this or that. And instead, almost every single question I got asked, almost all of them were about LLCs and S-Corps and what's the difference? What's a sole proprietor? When should I go from being a sole proprietor to an LLC or an S-Corp? What's the financial difference? Are they the same thing legally? 
What does it mean to be taxed as one or the other? And there's so much misinformation out there and there's so much convoluted information out there that I felt like it was a really necessary conversation as your friendly neighborhood attorney, as your friendly Instagram attorney to educate because sis, information is power and that power allows you to walk through business ownership a little bit lighter and it allows you to stop stressing about the money or the taxes because you know now that you can spend your time focusing with clients or focusing on clients, I should say. So this is the fun one. This is the one where you're going to get the answers that you've been dying to know. And then you're going to go put that into your business and you're going to move on until next week when we have a really cool guest. Okay. <laughs> so instead of kind of doing a normal Q and a, which I thought we would be doing, um, based on the questions that have come in and I'll get to some of the questions that aren't related to LLC's S corps and sole props. I want to spend the the chunk of this conversation, the beginning of it, really breaking all these down for you and, and helping you understand. So to dive right in, there are actually, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to preface this before we dive right in. You guys know I'm an attorney. I'm a practicing attorney. I've been doing it for over a decade. Like, oh my God, almost like 11, 12 years now. Wow. I'm old. Um, I'm not old actually. <laughs> you guys know I'm an attorney. I am not a CPA. I'm not a certified public accountant. I'm not a registered financial advisor. Do I understand finances? Absolutely. Because legal and financial are besties hand in hand. That said, there will be moments in this episode that I might give you information that's different than what your accountant has said. I'm going to be giving it to you from a legal perspective. And if I'm trying to give you any sort of tax advice, I'm going to preface it with, please talk to your accountant, your CPA, your bookkeeper, your financial advisor, fill in the blank money person. I'm a legal person, they're a money person. And while, you know, we, we really firmly believe here about staying in our lane, they can give you advice as money people, but they're generally giving it to you from a money perspective. I'm going to give you advice from a legal perspective and, you know, give you money advice at the same time with that preface. So just to cover my own ass, we all agree that I'm not giving you guys explicit tax advice. You guys are going to make sure that you double check this with a certified money professional, but that we can also help clear up a lot of things right now just in having this discussion. Are we cool? Nod your head along. I'm nodding my head too. Love it. Let's dive in. So I want to first talk about legal entities. Now, a legal entity is something that's, as you guys have heard, probably heard me talk about this before, but that legal entity is this like metaphorical bubble that kind of covers everything that you're doing as a business owner, and it gives you liability protection. And that liability protection is basically going to be this thing that if somebody sues you because you mess up or you don't mess up and it's an accident, then the ability of people's recovery against you, the ability for people to sue you is going to go as far as the business because the business is operating under this invisible bubble of a legal entity. So think of it as a snow globe, right? When you start a business, you can literally put yourself in a snow globe. And when shit hits the fan and that snow globe gets shaken up, the only thing that gets affected is what's inside the snow globe, right? When you shake up a snow globe, the water doesn't go everywhere. The snow doesn't go everywhere. It just snows on you. So the same thing is with the business. When your business gets shaken up, the only thing that can be affected or touched are the things in that business. So as an attorney, when I talk to you about the benefits of having a business entity, it's always going to be because I want you in the snow globe. I want you protected. I want everything you're doing to be protected. Why? Because if you're operating as a business, like I said, and something goes wrong, whether it's your fault or not, and let's be honest, it's not your fault, 
The only thing that clients can sue you for are what's in the snow globe. They can't sue you for your house. They can't sue you for your Jordan collection. They can't sue your rental property. They can't touch your husband or wife's 401k. They can't touch your grandma's inheritance that's coming from you because you are operating in the snow globe. When you don't operate in the snow globe, all that shit's on the table and all that shit's for grabs. So as an attorney, I'm always going to tell you that you want a business entity for liability protection. What is a business entity? Great question. A business entity is an LLC, a limited liability company. A business entity is a corporation. And you guys have probably heard these terms S-corps or C-corps or double taxation, which we'll talk about. The corporation is the legal entity. Now, when you hear the term S-corp, that's actually a tax election. When you hear the term C-corp, that's a tax election. So a legal entity is either an LLC or a corporation for all 99% of the purposes of all of us listening. What is not a legal entity is a sole proprietor, which is also how a lot of you are operating and sis, that's a-okay with me. It really is. But I want you to know where you stand in the eyes of the law and the IRS and just you and your family and your goals. So we now know that there's two main types of entities we're going to talk about, an LLC or a corporation. And we know that if we're a legal entity, we get the snow globe protection. But if we're a sole proprietor, we do not. So that's the big thing that I want you guys to take right now. Number one takeaway. If you're a legal entity, you have perfection. If you're not a legal entity, you're a sole proprietor and you do not. Now, I said a million times and I'll keep saying it, that there's always legal implications and there's financial implications. So if you're a sole proprietor, are you just kind of effed? Legally, yeah. You are. That's the honest to God truth. If you're not operating under any sort of legal protection, if something happens to you, everything's on the table. What about insurance? Mm, yes and no, it'll cover you, but only so far. And we'll keep talking about insurance in a second. So then why are you a sole proprietor? The sole proprietors still get financial benefits. You can be a sole proprietor in the eyes of the government as a business and get the financial, excuse me, the financial benefits of certain parts of being a business without the legal benefit. So Elizabeth, you had DM'd me and said, what's the difference between an LLC and a sole proprietor? How do I know which one is best for me? If you haven't done anything and you're just operating a business, let's say I haven't done anything and I start personal training and I start making money, you're a sole proprietor. Great. What do you do now? Well, that's kind of the next question. Or somebody says, at what point is it worth transitioning from a sole proprietor into an LLC or a corporation? Amazing question, Allison. Really, at any point that you decide you want any sort of legal protection in case something goes wrong. If you're an esthetician, what happens if you accidentally burn someone in a chemical field and they sue you? Well, they can only sue you if you have an LLC or corporation as far as the assets in your business. Maybe that's your inventory of skincare or your hydrofacial machine, but it's not the literal roof that's over your head. And so when people come to me and say, at what point should I transition from being a sole proprietor to having an entity? My answer is yesterday. Why? Because as an attorney, I'm always going to tell you that you want to protect yourself. Now it's possible, and this is when I'm going to play devil's advocate. There's a little angel Danielle on your shoulder. And then there's going to be this other like cute Danielle on your shoulder. She's not the devil. She's just a, she's just the devil's advocate. But a lot of people come to me and say, D, my accountant said I don't need to form an LLC or corporation. It's just easier if I am a sole proprietor. And here's why. Because friends, when you are a sole proprietor, 
you actually get, are you ready to have your mind blown? You actually can have the exact same business write-offs and business incentives financially as an LLC. Surprise. Nobody tells you that, right? So like if you're just filing for an LLC for the financial benefits, you actually don't need to because you have the exact same ones as a sole proprietor. So why do I file for an LLC? Because it's going to give you that snow globe liability protection. Now, I'm sure you're still stuck on the fact that I just said that sole proprietors and LLCs are taxed the exact same way. So let's stick with me here. We're going to dive into that. If you file a personal income tax return, you have probably filled out what's called a Schedule C, which is where you put down all of your business write-offs. If this is your first year in business, you've definitely done that, or maybe your accountant's done it for you and you've double-checked it. If you're a single-member LLC, you've definitely done that as well. That Schedule C is going to allow you to take about 14 to 17, depending on where you fall, really common categories of business write-offs and deductions. Now, because you're filing your taxes as a sole proprietor on your personal income taxes, and because you're filing your taxes as a single member LLC on your personal income taxes, surprise, you guys are actually using the exact same Schedule C. So at what point should you transition from a sole proprietor to a entity like an LLC or S Corp? As soon as you realize you want the liability protection, what's the biggest difference between an LLC or sole proprietor? It's going to be, again, the legal liability protection. Now, I probably just said something that's making like all of your red flags stick up. And it's the fact that I said the word single member LLC is treated the same as a sole proprietor. So you as a business are basically treated the same as nothing. And this is going to start a really interesting conversation. And I'm going to do my absolute best to keep this clear about LLCs and being taxed. Now, there's always, like I said, two reasons to form an entity. There's the legal, which I just talked about, and then there's the financial. So let's talk about the financial. An LLC or a limited liability company is going to be the most user-friendly and the most flexible and agile business entity that you can form as a business owner. Stick with me here. You can, as an LLC, be taxed as a single member and be called what is in the eyes of the IRS, a disregarded entity. You can be in the uh, an LLC and be taxed in the eyes of the IRS as a S corp or a pass-through corporation. And you get to choose which one is most beneficial for you. So let's talk about that. An LLC is going to give you the legal liability protection. We know that. So now what really matters is how do we want to be taxed to be most beneficial for our business, right? Actually, a lot of people ask me, like you, Miracle, what does it mean to be an LLC filing taxes as an S-Corp? And also, what does it mean to be an LLC and be considered a quote-unquote disregarded entity? So let's dive into those two things. So when you file an LLC as a business owner, a lot of us are going off on our own and we hear that LLCs are really good for business, so we do it and it's just us. And you've already heard me say that when you file taxes as an LLC, you're filing them on your personal return. Why is that? Because a lot of us want what's called pass-through taxation. And what that means is that the profits and losses of our business are quite literally passed through from the business to us as people, and that they're reflected on our own personal income tax returns. What that effectively means is that we only have to do taxes once, which like, bless it, nobody wants to do taxes twice. Unless you have to, we'll talk about it. 
So I only want to have to do taxes once. So I want that pass-through taxation, which is what the LLC is going to give me. But if I'm going to already do my taxes once and all of those benefits are going to pass on to my personal individual income taxes, what the IRS decided a while back is that the best way to set this up then for LLCs is that LLCs literally reflect their business taxes in their individuals on, again, that Schedule C. So if you are a single member LLC, in the eyes of the IRS, you are no different financially than just a person. Let me say that one more time. If you are a single member LLC, which means if you are the only person in your LLC and you have it set up as just an LLC for taxation, in the eyes of the IRS, your business is effectively being taxed as you. You are being taxed as an individual. You are one and the same. So again, what's the benefit of it then? The legal liability protection. So we can either be taxed as that single member LLC, quote unquote, disregarded entity, or here's the other one, friends. We can be taxed as an LLC. I'm sorry. We can be an LLC taxed as an S corp. Now, this is where it's going to get complicated. So buckle up and stay with me here. You get what D, the opportunity to choose how you're going to be taxed. Uh-huh, sis, you do, which is why LLCs are the most flexible, agile, best entities for almost everybody in business. Okay. I can get the liability protection of an, L- of an LLC entity. Uh-huh. And I can get the extra tax benefits of the S corp. Uh-huh. Without having to go through the extra maintenance and the extra, uh, work that is required to be an S corp. Yes. So is that maybe the best way to do it? Maybe possibly talk to your tax person. What does it mean to be an LLC filing taxes as an S corp is you actually get to choose to be that single member LLC, but to take advantage of all the benefits of an S corp. Now S corps, corporations have to file taxes differently. We have to file as separate entities, which is what business tax season is for everybody. It's mostly people who have to file those business tax returns for their corporations, or if you're on top of it for your LLC as well. Um, Effectively, what it means is that business taxes take advantage of different, I'm sorry, corporate taxes are able to take advantage of different deductions and write-offs. The biggest thing is salary. And then there's a bunch of other things as it relates to general operating expenses. Now, if you are making a certain threshold of money, which is, you know, kind of what people hear this hundred K thing, people always say, oh, it makes more sense just to convert to being an S corp. Well, if you're a corporation, there's all this corporate maintenance that's involved. I'll dive into it. And unless you need to do it, it's really not fun. So I tell people don't be an S corp unless you have to. Instead, be an LLC that gets to take advantage of all of the financial benefits of being an S-Corp. Now, if you're taking advantage of all those financial benefits, that means that you have to file different tax forms and you're going to be filing a Schedule E in your business taxes. And then your business taxes are actually going to give you a form that you input into your income taxes. That's a little complicated, but I know you're smart, sis. So I know that you absolutely are keeping up and getting this. So when I file my LLC's taxes as an S-Corp, I'm getting the easy breezy agile-ness of the entity that is the LLC. I'm getting all the snow globe liability protection that comes with having that legal entity as an LLC, but I'm getting the extra tax benefits that S-Corps are entitled to without any of the work of being an S-Corp. 
which is why so many business owners are choosing this route in election because they're getting maximum benefit at the minimal effort. Now, some people are going to say, well, like D, then like, why would you even like screw around with being an S corp or I'm sorry, or being a corporation in general. And the very long story short is that a lot of states require that certain professions such as attorneys, doctors, anybody that has any sort of licensure, accountants, CPAs, therapists, we all, because we are subject to a licensing board have to be professional corporations. I don't know why. I think it's stupid. Um, nobody asked me (laughs) other reasons that you'd be a corporation is if you want to have different classifications of stock. And so, especially if you are going to be a bigger organization that issues employee stock versus founder stock versus original investor stock, if you're going to have foreign investors and you're going to take foreign money, if you're going to have more than a hundred shareholders. So again, if you are a certain type of organization, that's going to be issuing employee stock. You're going to obviously have more than hundred shareholders. There's a lot of reasons to be a corporation. Being a corporation is actually very cool. I am a corporation as you've probably picked up on by now. However, corporations have things like quarterly meetings, annual shareholder meetings, board director meetings, lots of minutes, lots of bookkeeping, lots of bureaucracy. They do it as checks and balances because they are bigger organizations and there needs to be oversight, especially as it relates to shareholders, investors, and boards of directors. That said, for most of us who are single member S-Corps, we are only single or couple member S-Corps because we are legally required to by the state not because we want to. Now you have a couple questions. I know D what about the liability protection difference between an LLC and a corporation? They're exactly the same. They're exactly the same. So then what about the financial difference between the LLC and the S corp? If you're a single member person, a single member entity and you're an LLC, you're filing those on your personals. If you're a single member S corp, you have to file business taxes and then you have to add a sheet into your personal income taxes that are explaining your business taxes. So why then do we file as LLCs, as S-Corps? Because it's the best of both worlds. So a lot to take in there. If you want to hit pause, exhale for a second, rewind that, listen to all of it again. I totally 100% understand. Now, if you're having this conflict, like Lo, I know you said, you know, there's so many conflicting views on if you should be an LLC or S Corp. Like, what is that? What do you, you know, what do you recommend? The biggest thing I would really recommend for anybody making that decision is knowing that you can choose to be taxed however you want. What are your goals of your company? Are you going to have more than 100 shareholders? Are you going to accept foreign money? Do you want a board of directors? And here's the fun thing about board of directors. Board of directors are people that can be involved in your business that have no equity, meaning no ownership, but they're still able to have a say in the business and participate in the business and therefore can take advantage of business expenses and write-offs. So maybe you want to have an advisor who is also who you can't quite pay, but you can take care of some of their expenses. A lot of people that have corporations also might use their spouse or their parents to be on their board of directors so that their spouse or their family members or people around them can be entitled to some of those business write-offs and that they can more ethically and legally take those business write-offs knowing that they're a board member. So I was starting a business and I wasn't an attorney and I was trying to figure out, do I want an LLC or an S corp? What I really, really would ask myself is, you know, what are the current goals of the business? And if they're not to to have, you know, kind of those big, like more than a hundred shareholders, multiple levels of stock, foreign investors, my, my hundred percent inclination would always say be an LLC. It's easy. You don't have to do any of the annual requirements the way, uh, 
corporations do minus filing an annual statement of information. And it's just kind of like this easy breezy, fun legal entity that lets you just like run free and run wild as you start your business. Now, also knowing that the financial implications are that you could be an LLC taxes, an LLC or an LLC taxes, an S corp. I think it makes the decision really, really easy. And so when people say that it's a really complicated decision to me, like really candidly, I think people make it complicated. I think people really make it like, oh my God, this is some like life or death decision that you're stuck with forever. Friends, you're just not. Let's say you form an LLC and you're, you know, for some reason that you're like, I absolutely want to be a corporation. Cool. You can actually make that switch via one piece of paper that's submitted to the secretary of your state. That simple. Let's say you actually decide that you don't want either of them at the end of the day and you could get away with being a sole proprietor, even though you know how I feel about that. Same thing. You can literally dissolve your LLC or S Corp with one piece of paper. So these are all big decisions, but they are not like getting a tattoo is a more permanent decision than filing an LLC or S Corp. And and I want to put it into that regard. Or, you know, adopting a puppy is a bigger decision than filing for an LLC or S Corp. There's so many far bigger decisions in life that you will make as a business owner, setting your rates, who's your first hire, your marketing campaigns, that deciding the best legal entity for you is not the biggest or hardest or scariest decision. It's actually quite easy. And if you're in that situation right now, please message me, please let me help us this out or a bro out and let me make it really, really simple for you because it's actually very quite simple. Now, Abby, you wrote in asking about DBAs, and I absolutely want to talk about DBAs because people have a lot of misconceptions about them. So DBA stands for doing business as. In some states or cities, it's also referred to as a fictitious business name or an FBN. Now, a DBA is not a legal entity. It gives you no legal protection. It gives you no financial protection. It really does nothing for you. The DBA was made for the purposes of the public because we always in law talk about like the greater public good and public policy and public blah, blah, blah. Um, It's official. I went to law school to learn public blah, blah, blah. Um, A DBA, the entire purpose of it is so that if you are operating under a different name than either your personal name or the name of your legal entity, that people know who to go after and who to send tax bills to and who to send lawsuits to. That's it. A DBA gives the public the knowledge of kind of the connection between the business ownership and the business name. Now, you know, why that's important is because you might have started a business as just your name. Like, for example, it's not, but my business could have been Danielle said Blanton Inc. And I could be operating under, you know, the Sheverse World podcast. Now, Full disclosure, she first world podcast is just a podcast. It's not an entity yet. But if I had an entire brand called Sheverse World and I had merchandise and a website and this and that, and I, you know, needed to provide who to talk to if something went wrong, then I would really consider I'm not doing the best job explaining this, guys. Then Sheverse World would really be my doing business as it would be my brand, and I would need to legally register it. And that's where I think people are kind of getting caught up. Even I'm getting caught up as I'm explaining this. So if your brand or if the name to which you are operating under is different than your name itself, like my name's Danielle Sid Blanton, or it's different than your actual business entity, which minus said Blanton Inc., then you need to file a DBA or a fictitious business name 
with your local city. Now, every city and state has different requirements, but like for the most part, when you file for a DBA, what you effectively do is you file a piece of paper that makes that connection. Hey, this brand Shiver's World is actually a doing business as, um, you know, or I'm sorry, this podcast, this brand name, this whatever is a fictitious business name that's tied back to this person, that's tied back to this corporation or organization. And so the reason that you're doing that is, again, to put people on notice to make that connection. You file it with your city. You have to publish it in a newspaper. It's such a pain in the ass. You have to publish it in a newspaper, make sure nobody objects to it. And then after nobody objects to it, then it's kind of technically yours and you own this fictitious business name or this DBA. Does it give you any sort of trademark protection or copyright protection? No, that's not the point of this episode though, but I just want to throw it out there. You do not own the name, especially if it's been trademarked. So just know that when you are filing for a fictitious business name or DBA to do a trademark search first, because if you try to file for one, chances are the trademark police are going to come after you. And we can do a whole episode on trademarks and copyrights, guys. If you're interested, let me know. So, so Abby was asking about this DBA versus an LLC for her home Pilates studio. And Abby, what we know now is that a DBA is nothing. So a DBA is effectively, you're just, you know, doing business under a different brand name versus the LLC is you can do business under both that brand name and get the legal protection and you can get some financial benefits. So when you're starting out, you really want more than just this doing business as. And maybe if you file for an LLC or a corporation, you still need to file for a doing business as or a fictitious business name because you're going to operate under a different name. So just know that a DBA is a whole different ballgame. It's basically the equivalent of like a name tag or rather, you know, those boxes that you fill out when people say, what's your legal name? And then what's your preferred name? The DBA is literally like, what's your preferred name? So that we can make that connection to who you are. Now, Allison, you were kind of asking about the difference about transitioning between any of these, like when do I transition between that sole prop, that DBA, that LLC, that S Corp, et cetera. And guys, I think we kind of talked about it already, but I I don't want to like keep like nailing this point home that basically anytime you're ready for that liability protection, anytime that you're ready for that financial incentives and benefits, if you file under that S Corp liability, I'm sorry, that S Corp tax election. So That was a really heavy 30 minutes. I want to lighten it up really quickly to end this episode. Um, I hope that's okay with you guys. I got another question about what are business tax deadlines? What are quarterly taxes versus the April taxes? And I think that's such a great question. Um, I'm going to go ahead and tell you that I'm probably not going to give you the answer that your accountant loves, but a lot of us need to be doing what's called quarterly estimated taxes. And what that means is that every quarter, and a lot of us do this individually as well, it's kind of a pain in the ass. Every quarter, we're supposed to report to the government how much money either our business made or we made as individuals. And then we're supposed to prepay, this is the garbage of it, prepay the taxes on the money that we made in the quarter. Now, the reason that a lot of us do that is because we don't want to have to owe money you know, a a shit ton of money come April tax season. And so by prepaying taxes and by reporting our income, you know, we're kind of able to get ahead of things. Now, the reason that I think it's good is that because a lot of us aren't necessarily saving the amount of money that we need to be saving to submit a tax bill at the end of the year. Um, The reason I think it's bad is because you are 
taking that money away from yourself and you are giving it to the government. And I'm going to be really transparent here and not political. That government is literally leveraging that money in other ways and not just holding it in the IRS like escrow account being like, thanks for prepaying Danielle. We really appreciate it. They're obviously moving a crap ton of money around from people that have prepaid things. So do you have to prepay? Most people should. And that's the legal advice that I'm going to give you. Is there a small penalty for not? Yeah. Is it astronomical? No. I just don't also want you to be hit by a massive tax bill and be totally thrown off by it. Now, here's the other reason why kind of prepaying quarterly taxes is a bitch is that you're just paying for the revenue that you've generated. Now, if you've thought it through a little more thoroughly, you, you know that when you pay taxes, taxes are the end game of revenue minus operating expenses. And so now you're paying taxes on all this revenue that you've generated without taking into account a lot of the write-offs that you've done. Some people do, and some people are really good about doing all of that. And so you overpaid and you might get a refund, you know, at the end of tax season, which is amazing, but you also could have used that money to invest. You could have put it in a savings account. You could have done a lot of things with it. And so just know that when you are doing those estimated quarterly taxes, a lot of people's bookkeepers slash accountants are failing to take into account kind of like the whole point of taxes is that you're paying the bottom line. You're not just paying that top line of revenue. And I've seen it happen to a lot of clients who've come to me freaking out and they're getting taxed on just the revenue alone. Now, people always say, what is a good baseline of money to be saving or putting aside? And I say like anywhere from 25 to 30%. It sounds really hefty, but I would rather you over save and then take that money and invest it into like a self-employed IRA or an employee savings account or a health savings account or something that's actually going to give you some sort of tax shelter and financial benefit rather than just saying, oh my God, I didn't have to pay this money or, oh my God, I got a tax refund. And then just keep it for yourselves and, and go like spend it on a new car and don't don't start me on that. Anyways, so tax season is this like really magical time as business owners because it's never ending. It's at the end of every quarter and quarterly taxes are going to be due the following month, the 15th day of the following month passing of the quarter. So Q1 would be January, February, March, which means your taxes would be due April 15th and so on and so forth for all the quarters. My brain would hurt honestly calculating those on the fly right now, but you guys get what I'm saying. Um, the real bitch about it is that business taxes are technically then due on March 15th. So if you file business taxes separately because you're a corporation, um, and you have separate tax returns, you have to get those done early. Now, if you file as an LLC, I'm sorry, if you're an LLC filing as an S corp, you also have to get those in, in March. The benefit of that is that now you've had your business taxes done and knowing that our business taxes get reflected on our personal income taxes, that component is taken care of at the end of March or sorry, mid-March, which means that you should really now be at the point that your personal income taxes are easy breezy because you've paid yourself a salary, which Caitlin, let's talk about that, paying yourself a salary. But then, you know, you kind of know all of your life write-offs. You've put your dependent children in there. If you have them, you've put any sort of unrelated business expenses in there. If you have them and boom, your personal income taxes are done. So that's why there are two tax seasons technically. And if you're a business owner, there's like always quarterly taxes involved. Um, I hope that that is a not too con confusing explanation for those of you who asked about the difference between taxes and when they're due. And here's the good news, sis. If you ever need an extension, the IRS is going to give you an extension so long as that you know that you still have to owe that money that you owe them if you do. But you can also always file for extensions and you can do like a one month or a six month 
And it is not uncommon at all for people to also then go back and pay back taxes. Maybe you didn't file your taxes properly one year. You didn't even file them at all. Guess what? The IRS is always going to give you the opportunity to pay them taxes or to report on it, which is, you know what? I'm going to take the small ones where I can get them. Now, the last thing I talked about as it relates to money that I want to chime in on quickly, Caitlin, you had asked about salaries and paying yourself. And I think this is such a valuable conversation. And here's why. Because a lot of people that have LLCs, you have this really magical ability that corporations don't. LLCs have the ability to effectively pay yourself, quote unquote, by just drawing money out of the business bank account and transferring it into your personal. I don't love that. I don't always recommend it, but it's what I see probably like 70% of my LLC clients doing because it's totally legal and kosher. And that's how a lot of you pay yourself. Now, the problem is, is that when you pay yourself like that, you're not technically paying yourself. You're just taking what's called a draw. You're taking part of the profits of your business. And when you do that, guess what, sis? You still owe income tax on the money that you drew. So you are going to have to pay income taxes on that. So if you are an LLC being taxed as an S corp, yeah, you're taking advantage of all of those corporation tax write-offs, but maybe you're still going to have to file all of your personal income taxes still on that personal tax return. And you're still going to owe that 25 to 30, maybe even 40% chunk on those income taxes. So what is the solution for paying yourself? The number one solution that you should be doing as an LLC or as a corporation, another difference with corporations, friends, fun facts, you have to legally pay yourself via payroll, something to think about, is that you run payroll. Now payroll is going to be a consistent bi-monthly or, I'm sorry, bi-weekly or monthly occurrence. And it is a legal act. To run payroll is an actual legal act where you are calculating the amount due from the business to the employee. And you can be, yes, a sole single member business, business owner, paying yourself as an employee. And in doing that, you're also calculating payroll taxes, which are going to be state disability and uninsurance. And um, I'm sorry, (laughs) uninsurance, state disability and unemployment insurance. Every state has a different rate. Some states don't even have it. And so you're going to want to check in with your state before you make those calculations. The easiest way to run payroll friends is to use a service like Gusto. I'm going to link it in the show notes. It is my absolute favorite. You can also use a service like ADP. You can hire a bookkeeper to do it by hand, or you can actually have QuickBooks do it for you too. If you use QuickBooks and you're really savvy with it. The best part about running payroll is that you are consistently paying yourself. And there's so much value to consistently paying yourself, sis, because you know how much money you can budget for. You know the money that's coming in. It is consistent month over month, so you can make sure that all your bills get paid and that you also know how much extra money that you have maybe each month to spend on shopping or to put toward a vacation fund or to you know do whatever you want with it. Now, To formally run payroll, you obviously want to set it up through a payroll processor and you want to figure out the amount to pay yourself, which is going to be that question that Caitlin asked. Now, as a business owner, my recommendation is to always pay yourself a little bit more than the minimum that you need to pay your bills as a person. Now, sis, if you don't know how much money you need as a person each month to pay your bills, here's your sign from the universe to calculate it. What do you need to pay your mortgage slash rent? How about your utilities? What are all of those fixed costs? How about car payments, gas, car insurance? How about your grocery bills? How much extra money each month do you want for fun stuff like going out with your friends, shopping, going on vacation, all of those things. 
Now, the good thing about being a business owner is that you have the ability to write off a lot of what you do as a business because you're a business owner. So things like your cell phone, your home internet, you know, your professional liability insurance, maybe even some of your gas in your car you're writing off through the business if you're commuting back and forth. Those are all things that, again, talk to your accountant or talk to me offline so we can figure out what's the best solution for you. But a lot of what you're doing in your life as a business owner is write offable. What is not write offable? Is what I'm going to ask you. And then once you have figured out what is not write offable and what you also need to pay your bills every month, that's really going to be what you're calculating as your salary. Now, if you're going to pay yourself uh, biweekly, that means every other week you want to just take that number and cut it in half. If you're going to pay yourself once a month, you want to take that number and that's your salary. Now, remember that salary is also including income tax, if that applies to your state. So let's just say I need $2,000 every month to cover all of my overhead. That's literally laughable living in California and having an LA based mortgage. However, let's just play with that number. I have to remember that taxes are going to come out on top of it. So if I'm going to run payroll on myself and taxes are going to come out and let's say my tax bracket's 25%, again, that let's just play here. Um, <laughs> I don't want to just salary myself $2,000. I want to salary myself $2,000 plus the money that has to come out on top for taxes. So let's just call it $2,500. That way money comes out for taxes. And then I still have that net amount that I'm able to pay my mortgage, my car payments, my grocery bills, my shopping addiction, and all of that other good stuff. So paying yourself a salary, guys, is not just picking a number and it's not just saying how much money your business is making. Because remember, your business is making money, but your business owes taxes. Maybe it owes sales tax. Maybe you have overhead for your business. Maybe your business is covering some of those expenses like liability insurance or your car payments. So if you haven't put together a budget and you don't understand how much money you are spending, both as a business and as a person, one more time, this is your sign sis to sit down, take a deep breath, remove the judgment and instead empower yourself. Now I feel like my head is going to explode just talking about all of those numbers, mostly because I get fired up because I think that this is all information that is incredibly accessible and can be incredibly simple and digestible if we let it be. So if this is one of those episodes you need to listen to five times, I love it. Keep listening. We love those downloads. If this is an episode that brought up a lot of questions, please DM me at danielle.stead so that I can answer those. I would love so, so much to answer those questions for you. And also, if you found this episode to be enlightening and helpful, please, please share it with a friend, share it with somebody else who is in business that could benefit from it. Maybe share it on your IG stories so that your greater community as a whole can learn. This information is not anything that I find myself to be special for having. I just happen to be in an industry that was taught it. So unless you're taught it or somebody shares it with you, you're not going to have it. And that's really a not fun way to go through life, especially if it brings you any sort of anxiety or doubt or shame or fear. So let's remove those stigmas. Let's empower everyone around us, including, and especially ourselves. And let's go crush this tax season so that we can keep crushing our business and changing lives and changing the conversation and building this beautiful community that I am so, so grateful that you are part of. Friends, we've made it to the end of our LLC, S-Corp, and tax season talk. I am so grateful for you. I'm grateful for your time, your ears, your hearts, your minds, and just you being you and showing up as you are in this world. Until next time, I love you. 
keep going out there and crushing it.